companies have to be open to, you know what, this is what I did pre-pandemic and where I put my resources. But you know what? Things have changed. So I need to think about the world in a different way. But you're exactly right. This is literally the greatest opportunity for diverse suppliers in my lifetime. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Welcome back to a new episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. My name is Adam, and I'm here with my co-host, Chloe. And in today's episode, we're joined again by Marty Parker, a UGA alumnus who helped launch UGA Supplier Chain Advisory Board and is currently an honored supply chain lecturer from UGA and a partner for Tech CXO, an an experienced professional services firm that provides strategy, planning, readiness, and execution business consulting services for technology and technology-enabled services. Marty, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you here with us today. I'm thrilled to be here and uh, really appreciate you all having me. Yes. And a, a little bit for our audience, Marty also supports Higher Ground as our chief strategy officer. He right. is amazing. And I'm so... A legend in my own mind. <laughs> oh, and on this show. So we're expanding your reach. Yes, yes. And we are so happy to have you back because, you know, as we look at the turn of, of, of this new year, we're still seeing so many challenges within the supply chain space. And oh, yeah. as we think oh, about yeah. supply chain and supplier diversity, I really wanted to kind of get your perspective on you know, what are some of these challenges and how do mm-hmm. we, and how are they affecting companies? And what do you think some of the, mm-hmm. and we could have a discussion around what we think some of the solutions are. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And what I would, what I say to folks is, as we think about this, it's pandemic, pandemic, mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's still mm-hmm. going on. It's still disrupting supply chains. It's still disrupting labor markets. It's still creating tremendous demand changes and uncertainty. Um, And then that leads to a whole slew of tertiary things that companies have to focus on to, uh, you know, to be successful in this time. Yeah. I mean, when we when we think about covid and just the hit to the economy as a whole, Mm-hmm. You know, what are what do you think are some of those those main drivers? Like, obviously, people are getting sick. I mean, we've all seen this over just the last right. month. Flights getting canceled. Restaurants oh, are man. closed. But yep. how is that that affecting companies that are producing goods and services? Yeah. So first, I'd like to say, um, you know, kind of focus in on diverse suppliers, but um, but smaller ones, larger ones are going to have CFOs and controllers and 
CEOs and CSOs and all the C-suite uh, people like me um, and be able to navigate those waters. But I work mostly with companies with early revenue to as high as, say, $50 million. And that, that's a very different world. And in a pandemic, uh, what we've learned and, and what I know, and, and first of all, nobody has lived through a pandemic. Um, so, so folks that tell you, hey, you know, A is going to happen and B is going to happen and C is going to happen, I can promise you they're wrong. You'll see on television where uh, this guy um, predicted the 2008-2009 recession, and, and it didn't show you the other 5,000 people that got it wrong. So um, the, the pandemic is like that. And so with a smaller company, cash is king. You know, you've heard oh, yes. that phrase before. Yep. <clears throat> and so um, there was a company, a multi-billion dollar company that I know spoke in my class and talked about during the 2008 recession in um, something like October 2008. They went from the best year they had ever had. So January through October or September was the best year they'd ever had. They marked zero dollars in revenue, zero in November, zero in December, zero in January, not a single order. Um, and it was a it was a, a high-end product that people could just choose not to purchase. Right. Um, gotcha. That's what it has been like. Um, you know, this was one in a thousand companies that went to zero in revenue. Well, with the pandemic, a whole lot of companies went to zero in revenue. Um, and then other companies, I know a company that went to 300, 400% in revenue. Those both have their own sets of problems. Um, you, you, you don't have revenue. Um, you can't make payroll. So personally, I fired myself, as Chloe knows, from every account that I had at the beginning of the pandemic because I knew what was coming. Um, and then, you know, if you're on the other side as a supplier and you can barely keep up, then suddenly you need cash to hire new workers, you need cash to do capital expansions. So, um, you know, I, the other impact around cash is the longer lead times for uh, both goods and services. Yeah. So uh, I know a specific company that used to buy their goods from China in January to sell them in the spring. Um, during the pandemic, they had to buy them in August. And the question was, well, where do I get that money? Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So if you yeah. haven't opened lines of credit, if you haven't, um, you know, done those kinds of things and engaged a fractional CFO or a yeah. fractional controller, uh, you've got to do that because you've got to be prepared for, uh, you know, how you make it through um, these perturbations and, they, and they'll continue, you know, cities in China are still shutting down. Um, yeah. uh, we've got, you know, hospitals that are overrun, you know, depending on where, you know, where you are as a diversity. Right. right. So that for me, that's the, <clears throat> the biggest one. Another one is companies start doing new things. Mm. Um, they just sort of went back to their core business and, you know, hey, I just have to do what I'm doing to get by. And a lot of mm -hmm. new suppliers are trying to get in the door. And, you know, how do you do that over Zoom? Yeah. How do you do that um, right. <clears throat> with somebody that's like, no, I really don't want to do anything new right now. I just got to I just got to stick with my old, old tried and true because, you know, they've got my back, you know, th those kinds yeah. of things. Um, and then lastly, you know, a big part of vendor management, and I, I encourage my students to go into this field 
uh, as part of the supply chain conversation because you know in procurement you work with people you know you get to travel you get to meet with them build out these relationships <clears throat> and you know this you know it isn't always about price it isn't always about service delivery you also need to know the people um, because you need to call on them for emergencies you need to um, you know they need to call on you and vice versa so you know, those are the three of the things that I'm thinking about. You know, and 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 Marty, that's a great point, right? And I have brought that up many a times too, because one of my key categories, if you will, that I specialized is is labor, right? Contingent labor, temp labor, that type of thing. Um, and it, it's a very marginalized commodity. And there's a lot of commodities like this, right? Technology, obviously, all three of us are in the technology field. That kind of comes to mind too. And you're right. It doesn't come down to price. It doesn't come down to service because really at the end of the day, every, you know, everybody on the left or right is the same, but it is, who do I know that if I text you at two in the afternoon at two ten, you're texting me back going, yeah, give me a call. Right. And, and so when I know when it hits the fan on my side, or it's like, boy, this is going to be a really weird request. Who do I have in my Rolodex that I know will sit there and help me work through it. So it does, it does come down to relationship. And it's tough to do it over this format, I'm right? I mean, Chloe and I had a great idea of launching a podcast, oh, in the middle of a pandemic, right? So I think she and I have sat in studio, like side by side, like you would picture, like in a, yeah. in a right, twice, yeah, right? And this is year two of our podcast. So, yeah. you know, it's, it is, it's odd. It's, it's hard to build those relationships. And it's key, especially for the smaller providers, because I know when I talk to corporate America as a supplier diversity manager, as a commodity manager, I go, hey, I got this great supplier, blah, blah, blah. They're like, that's fantastic. Give us some of the stats. You start running through some of the revenue stats and all of a sudden you see their eyes go, oh, ho, whoa, hang on. <laughs> now all of a sudden our comfort level has been lost, right? And it's hard to get somebody comfortable with an idea that they're not used to over a Zoom call. It works so much better. I could walk those people in and say, okay, here is the ownership. Let's talk to the ownership and they could see it, right? Um, you know, to, to, to talk back to another thing, we didn't, and I really didn't realize how important body language was in communication. And Zoom, yes, I can see you too, right? But I can't really see a lot of the same body language in it. And there's so much that plays into that and in making another party feel comfortable and receptive to what's being said. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you also, um, in, now that we're somewhat more normal, and I'm, I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but um, there, the, there is the idea of the hybrid workplace, but also the, I would say the hybrid relationship. Uh, I've met Chloe face to face, but most of our interactions have been via Zoom. Um, and um, I have clients that I have hybrid relationships with. And Certain right. things are better in person. Certain things are better over Zoom, actually, like reviewing spreadsheets, uh, reviewing resume, you know, the things that I do. Um, so you can begin if you plan it and think about it in an intentional way. I think you can do it. It's just I think a lot of folks have been so overwhelmed by um, just staying above water. And what I call this is most of these companies are working in the business but they have no one working on the business. Mm -hmm. And so I come in and help them work on the business. You know, what is the strategic plan going to be? Well, like, how do I live in a hybrid world? Right. Uh, how do I, you know, build relationships in this manner? How do I 
work with banks to get more um, cash or whatever other means, you know, venture capital, whatever. Um, so um, it, it's it's really hard in a pandemic to work on the business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you kind of need all hands on deck. Right. You know, in the business, because, you know, and then in the pandemic, what we've seen is that, you know, just low, just the bottom of it is people are getting sick. And so. Right. Just to get the basic fundamental core of your work done, you know, you got to have everyone rolling up their sleeves. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're going to keep hitting every concept that I teach, by the way. <laughs> but um, that, uh, Chloe, that one leads to this um, issue of um, bottlenecks. And you've heard bottlenecks now in the supply chain, but it turns out there are bottlenecks in labor processes and service processes as well. So imagine you're a firm with, say, 10 people. Uh, and two of them are out with COVID. Can you, and do you have designates and backup? Can you actually take orders? Can you actually invoice? Can you actually do payables? Can you actually, whatever the, you know, interaction is, um, issue purchase orders? Uh, and often that's not the case. And so you've got to, I think at this time, unfortunately, and that's the balance with the cash is have some organizational slack and a clear plan about who designates are. And this is another great thing about Zoom, by the way, and Teams. Um, I'm teaching my clients to record all of their business processes so that someone has to step in and do it. They can. Before that was written documents. And I'm telling you, doing computer work and cutting a purchase order and things like that were really impossible to do with um, written documents. But with Zoom and Teams recordings, it's, it's quite easy. That's that's a very interesting uh, angle. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I'm going to steal that principle now as I mentor some of my other smaller businesses, because that's great. I hadn't even thought about that. That's marvelous. And see, that's that's where that's where I think we've progressed as a corporate society over the right. last, what, 20 months? Yeah. Because would any of us thought about that 20 months ago? But the technology has always been there. We've just never used it for that. Right. I think that's an amazing uh, kind of outcropping at that. And like you said too, Marty, it's not just getting sick, but like we lose people, you get the COVID vaccinations, right? We'd lose people yeah. for two days as they were just trying to fight through the, the after effects of getting the, the shots, right? Doing yeah. the right thing uh, or going to get tested because maybe they got exposed or on a floor next to somebody that got, it. so we were losing people just to ancillary issues outside of actually coming down with the the virus itself so um and if it affected us in corporate america it, small businesses forget it because it is usually you know one person handles this there's not a designated backup or a cross-trained you know person so man yeah. that just yeah amplifies adam, it. I, sample. Uh, chloe knows this adam but i have an infinite supply of interns that love to do that kind of work <laughs> uh, and they're very inexpensive and so you know you, you can always call on me for that but what happens when you have a bottleneck like that uh, in either labor or the supply chain, uh, and you know this from 285, when there's wreck, your wait times are not linear, they're exponential immediately. So your ways that you've driven 20 minutes now tells you you've got twice as long to go. And so, you know, a small company has a COVID outbreak and folks, um, you know, can't be there or they're really sick or whatever. Suddenly, their project times, their response times, they go out for days or weeks, not hours. Um, and so that, that's why this is such an important concept. It's not the only one we'll talk about, but, but it's an important one. 
Well, I, I also want to just understand, I mean, I know we talked about some of the negative effects mm-hmm. of COVID on the supply chain, particularly with smaller, diverse right. suppliers. But, you know, from my perspective, and, and, and I'm, you know, just I think how my mind works, I'm an optimist, too. I think that there's also been a lot of good that has yes. come out of COVID. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of hope for the future when I think about everything that's happened over the last two years. And I mean, I wanted to hear just y'all's perspective on some of the <clears throat> the benefits. I mean, I, I hate to mm-hmm. even say that the benefits of COVID, but some of the good that's come out of this, because I think for me and from my perspective, I think that people have seen we need small businesses. We really, really do, because mm-hmm. a lot of these processes that these larger organizations have aren't nimble enough and agile enough to sustain and to actually continue to do what they were doing pre-COVID. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, Chloe. And flexibility is one of the ones I would mention. Um, there was a company I know that did event planning. You can't mm-hmm. have a worse job uh, and company in um, COVID. Well, guess what? No. They pivoted very quickly through a lot of idea generation to building out COVID-friendly office spaces. They realized that mm-hmm. with event planning that they they could set up and install things quickly like partitions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but very, very quickly they were, and they were small enough to be flexible and nimble like you're describing. Yeah. Um, so companies have to be open to, you know what, this is what I did pre-pandemic and where I put my resources, but you know what, things have changed. So I need to think about the world in a different way, but you're exactly right. This is literally the greatest opportunity for diverse suppliers in my lifetime. Why would I say that? Because every company on the planet is trying to find vendors for everything. Um, I, I did an interview yesterday with the young engineer that, um, that did machine shop work and was like, I had you know, pre-pandemic five, six machine shops. They are now all at capacity. I am everywhere trying to find someone that can fabricate the pieces and parts that I need. Um, and, and that story is again and again and again. So, um, and they are, like you say, Chloe, smaller niches. Um, that is just perfect for a nimble, diverse supplier to fill. Um, because the the bigger suppliers, it's harder to pivot. You have tons of fixed assets. You have tons of fixed infrastructure. Um, I know of another company that um, you know had had a, an office. They were able to dump the office, um, save a bunch of money, reinvest that money in particular technologies and particular people, and they did it fast. They didn't just kind of sit around thinking about it. Uh, they're going to be the company that kept the expensive office space that they don't need anymore because that they've got that fixed cost sort of hanging over their heads. So uh, you're absolutely right, Chloe. Flexibility and um, opportunity are are huge now. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's going to be those small and nimble businesses. So if you kind of if you expand that out to what Marty was saying, right? So the small business that doesn't need the office that can do command and control via Zoom and Teams and that type of thing that has the lower overhead can provide services cheaper. Well, guess who can't do stuff like that? The big four consulting firms. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it would be a cold day uh, if ENY ever sold all of their offices across the globe, right? But they still have to provide services to 
large banks at a cheaper rate. So who do they go and hire? It's a small, nimble firm that no longer has an office because guess what? That's a lower billing rate. So where E&Y can't do it, they're going to start working with firms that can do it. And I'm just using, trust me, I'm just using E&Y as an example, everybody. <laughs> they're going to start using small and nimble firms that can do that because then that helps them increase their margin and be able to drop prices to be competitive again in that market. So it's kind of an interesting thing. We start looking at the larger global landscape from an economic standpoint, right? We right. need our small and diverse suppliers to go officeless, to have mobile workforces, to be small and agile, because we have firms that we know can't do that, but we have to have them act like they can. So we have to have the small businesses in their ecosystem to provide that uh, je ne sais quoi, if you will, so that they can then provide it to their larger clients. So it's really a fascinating study. And I think this is an exciting time to be involved in supply chain, economics, business, banking, because we are changing the paradigm daily on how we're doing things. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's exciting, honestly, as we move into the future. The pivot won't be easy and companies are going to need help with that. And um, Zoom teams, remote work is now opened the best in the world. You don't have to choose sort of the local uh, service provider that's down the street now. Um, you know, I know Chloe uses a ton of remote services to support her business and they're fantastic. Not, she can switch quickly to ones that are. I know for me, um, you know, because I'm a professor and drive to Athens, uh, it was quite difficult to drive to clients all over sort of the Georgia area to do consulting. Now with Zoom and Teams, I'm able to help a whole lot of companies that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to help, you know, with my, my expertise. Um, and that there are a lot of services like that, that um, these small companies can provide. I agree. I think that, you know, companies need to start thinking about how do we, I mean, just the recovery in general, mm -hmm. right? So even mm -hmm. thinking about um, using small businesses to continue to fuel your business. But if we think about just the overall economic recovery, then we have to be inclusive. So when we bring it back to diverse suppliers, making right. sure that we're utilizing, you know, non-traditional firms that maybe we weren't thinking about before and always thinking about partnering with one of these larger organizations may not be the best solution. They are not mm -hmm. going to be moving as quickly as some of these yeah. um, other organizations that, that tend to be a little bit more nimble. Absolutely. I think another great thing coming out of it is how companies are starting to treat their employees. Oh, yeah. Um, Pre-pandemic, uh, pre I'm not sure that it was great. Now, with the labor situation the way it is, um, companies are having to think about culture. They're having to actually live it instead of just say it. Um, they're, they're having to be flexible to and, and empathetic. Um, you know, those sorts of things. And I think that's a great thing. That's very attractive to my students. Um, and um, I'm hearing less and less about students going on internships that they despise because they were, you know, treated poorly or given you know, makeup work that was non-value added. I mean, it's all hands on deck, even at big companies now. And, um, and, and but the, the people now can pick and choose where they want to work. And so these um, these um, smaller supplier, uh, diverse suppliers, you know, need to have great cultures. They need to be uh, clear about how they develop and define them. They must have strategic plans. I do a lot of strategic work 
Uh, and um, that has to be action oriented so that folks know what to do and when to do it and so forth. Um, but before, I think they just, hey, and that's back to working on the business again, right? Uh, but it's but it's critical. And, and a, a diverse supplier, lastly, needs to look bigger than they are. Mm. And so <laughs> that's true. Yes. Able to bring these um, high end like like tech CXO. I mean, we're mostly um, uh, CEOs and a lot of I mean, all of us are C-suite executives that have tons of experience. Um, you know, Chloe uh, has me on her team. Other companies have me on their on their team. I'm a supply chain influencer. And again, not the big head thing, but practically for them, it gives them um, credibility with right. the people they're trying to sell to. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I've got a ton of examples of that where, um, you know, a company was struggling to find a bank or struggling to find an investor mm -hmm. or struggling to find um, other kinds of resources that they needed. And, mm -hmm. you know, coming, um, you know, to other folks uh, allowed them to look bigger than they were mm -hmm. and, and to do some marketing work around that. Well, as we look for look to the future, you know, what are some some recommendations for some of the diverse small businesses that you have, Marty, and also some of the larger organizations? Well, we've covered quite a few of them. Um, I think the the first one, of course, is around the cash is king question. So I'm bringing a controller or CFO into just about every uh, client I have. Even honestly, if the CFO is booking an hour a month or an hour a week. They can provide some oversight that a diverse supplier really needs to to look forward. And I, I will tell you um, one thing we didn't talk about that I mentioned: it hurts on the other end too. If your revenue is blowing up, right? If you suddenly got the vendor, and you know you you suddenly got the relationship, and your business is up hundreds of percent. Well, guess what? You need money to uh, pay oh, yeah. for all the workers and all the software and all the capital and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, so you need, uh, you know, you need to be thinking about that, too. Right. What if I get the work that's coming? And there's this tension always between the capacity in an organization and the demand on the organization. Mm -hmm. You always want a little bit more, not a lot more, but a little bit more capacity than um, you know you need, because right. you, if you have a strategic plan, you're looking to the future. You're looking at who you're going to be onboarding when and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I think those are a, a couple of things that I'm talking to a lot, uh, and then. Um, you also need contingency plans, um, and you know yes. you don't need to dwell yes. on those. But yeah. okay, what am I going to do if um, you, you know my office gets COVID or whatever? And um, a story I tell is uh, one of my clients had an entire warehouse um, that was shut down with COVID before the vaccines. And so um, I had a student in there that didn't have COVID and she had recorded all those videos that I mentioned, uh, Adam, and she became the HR manager and hired uh, about 10 to 12 UGA students that were bored at home. And um, fortunately two of them had worked in a warehouse and the owner and uh, Allie, Allie, who was on the last podcast. Oh, yeah. oh I love um, Allie. Um, she, she trained them via uh, group me and remote nice. and brought them in. And uh, we were in a warehouse for a couple of actually three weeks. That is outstanding. A bunch of young people. Well, um, 
you know, I, full disclosure, we didn't have a contingency plan to do that. I just <laughs> didn't do it. But it happened, right? Yeah, it, but it's an example of you know what can go wrong, will go wrong in a pandemic. Let's just so that means having extra suppliers, like the diverse uh, suppliers that we we all love and support. Uh, it means having uh, maybe some fractional or part time workers that can you know uh, add hours, subtract hours. Um, th that kind of thing. The more flexible capacity you can have, um, the better off you are. If it, if it goes down due to COVID, you can take capacity out. If it goes up, you can take capacity up. Well, I'm 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 hoping that you know some of these small businesses and some of these large corporations actually take heed to some of uh, some of the comments and some of the suggestions that we've made here today. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marty, for coming on the show yes. today. We really, really, really appreciate it. If this episode was helpful to you, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast and connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore and Marty Parker. And if you enjoyed this episode, check out our previous shows and stay tuned for next time. See you soon. Thank you so much, Chloe and Adam. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.